Welcome to Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. You can find links to all of Phil's resources at philsbaker.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today and take a moment to share this podcast with your friends. Now, here's Phil. Hey, y'all. Episode 91 is part two of my interview with Daniel Willis, the founder of the Sound Faith YouTube channel. And if you didn't do it last episode, please go to his YouTube channel, Sound Faith, and become a subscriber there. You will not be disappointed. Daniel was a missionary in China when he began to question his interpretation of the Bible as he read through the scriptures with the members of his Chinese house church. Here in part two, Daniel continues to share his story and also talks about his YouTube channel, Sound Faith. If this episode is a blessing to you, please consider going to my Apple podcast channel, Reclaiming the Faith, and leaving a positive rating and review there. All of my resources can be found at my website, philsbaker.com, and I also want to encourage you to check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash philsbaker, where you'll get two videos each month, one being uh, a breakdown of an early Christian or an early Christian document, and the other being an acoustic version of one of my original songs. And if you're checking those out recently, you know that I've been dropping acoustic versions of songs off my upcoming album, Kingdom Come, which will be out in January. So be on the lookout for that. I'm also blessed to be a part of Omega Frequency, along with BDK and Kurt. So please go check out that YouTube channel as well and become a subscriber. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get episode 91 rolling. Let's talk about, you mentioned you know, getting persecuted and the police chasing y'all, coming after y'all in China. So for one, like, why did that happen? Obviously, you know, how, how'd you get to that point? And then how did the teachings of Jesus um, in the Sermon on the Mount, particularly not his teaching on non-resistance, shape the way that you responded to that persecution? One of the things I didn't mention that's super important in all this is that I didn't understand what it meant to be a sojourner, an alien, or foreigner until I lived as a foreigner for 10 years in China and realized, like, I have no power in their politics whatsoever. If I hit somebody, I'm going home or going to prison. Like, even, like if there's a little bitty scuffle and something happens, like before I was this, um, oh, that person's getting slapped or choked, let me go defend them and fight them back. And, and so when I got there, there's this lady being choked on the side of the road by this guy. And I was going over there to stop it. I was going to pummel this guy. My friend pulls me and says, no, if you touch them, both of them will end up suing you. They're probably They're probably married and the government doesn't see it like your government where they're just going to let them fight. They'll get over it. Everything will be good for them. And it's not illegal over there for what was going on. And then I'll be the one in prison. They'll be still living in their house, still beating each other every once in a while, whatever is going on. And you're, you might save her for a millisecond, but it's not like, anyway, I started, started to realize, 
Um, while I can't defend anybody, I can't fight. I can't take, you know, if something seems unjust, I can't, uh, go, you know, fight somebody like in America and, and living by their rules and living in this foreign land and paying taxes. And I have to obey all their rules. And, um, the one that I didn't obey was preaching the gospel. You're not allowed to preach the gospel. And so, so I'm living in a foreigner, I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading about being sojourners and foreigners. And for the first time, I actually understand it. I'm like, wow, we're supposed to live that way. Even if we're in our home country, like what we, you go to, if I go back to America, I'm supposed to be living as a foreigner and an alien, not as my citizenship should be the kingdom of God, not my, my own. And so, and then being forced not to ever be able to defend myself in China, because if I defended myself at all, I would be the one put in jail as a foreigner. Um, that kind of opened my eyes to non-resistance a little bit before, and that kind of opened my eyes to the Sermon on the Mount as well. Um, but the, so we, we trained these pastors. One of them had come over and helped me with the second church plant. And they were both, because it's illegal to preach the gospel, I had been preaching in all my classes. I was an English teacher there. Um, and almost every class I would, almost the entire message of the class was about God. And everybody thought I'd get fired for doing this for many years. And I never did. And, um, praise God, it wasn't anything I did. Um, but they, I mean, the not getting fired part, not getting kicked out, but they, the pastors eventually got on the police radar somehow and they arrested them and they beat them and they asked who they're, who these, who the foreigners are, who taught them this stuff. And they didn't give up my name. And then the second time they were arrested, they were told to stop. Um, and the second time uh, LeBron was arrested, we were we had just had our baby. And um, she, our fourth child, we have five now, um, but she didn't have her passport. And we're at the embassy trying to apply for her passport. And... LeBron calls and said, the police are looking for you. They don't know your name, but they're looking for the person who started the Shishwe uh, house church and the Heishu Jiao house church, two different places. And they know that you play a black guitar and they have your description, but they don't know your name and they have your Chinese name. And, uh, or we assume they have my Chinese name. And we knew that everybody in those areas knew if they went around asking uh, if they knew a foreigner, they would say my name and that it would lead to our houses and to our school. And then we called some missionaries that we trusted and they, they said, you have to go. You have to get out of here. Things have changed. This new president, Xi Jinping, is after all uh, foreign missions and after all the Chinese Christians and if you get caught, you're, you're going to get every single missionary in the city kicked out too, because they're going to interrogate you and they're going to get the information out of you. And then we called some more friends and they had similar advice. And so we had never planned on leaving and we decided, okay, we got to, we have to get out of here. And so my mother and father-in-law calls the, um, governor of Tennessee or someone and they call the embassy and get our daughter's passport done like in hours. And then my mother-in-law came and helped us pack 
she had, she was already on her way. It was just a coincidence. She was coming to visit us during all this. She came and packed us up, helped us packed up as much as we could and get on the plane and get out of there before they caught us. Um, but the non-resistant aspect of this, it's, it's a little hard to mix in there, but the, first of all, learning to live as a foreigner and then realizing that I am supposed to live as a foreigner and I'm, I am supposed to abide by our King's rules in a foreign land. When I got back to the States, I still held on to that. Okay. I'm not, I'm a foreigner here. I don't vote. I don't, I'm an ambassador of another nation and it'd be treasonous to become a part of the politics. And, um, I'm to convince as many people. And that's why the, the gospel is so hated in China is because I feel like the Chinese government's read the Bible, the Bible and realized, Hey, there's this thing that's saying that your, your loyalty goes to this other King and not the, the emperor of China, which is now kind of emperor because he got rid of term limits, but that's another story. Um, and so we started taking the Sermon on the Mount very literal. And um, I don't know if that's how you want to man. I don't know. No, man, just say what God's putting on your heart. Yeah. So the, that's just basically it is the, we, when we took everything Jesus said, it's how can you love your enemy if you're shooting him or how can you, you know, I'm not saying that we, I don't know about this, if we should just like lay back and, you know, not do anything if you can prevent someone from shooting someone or something, no def- defense at all, but definitely not returning evil for evil. But the early Christians, for sure, I was reading about non-resistance today. Um, so I wanted to shout out some books that changed my life while we are over there. The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down. Uh by Berceau. Yeah, by David Berceau. Mm-hmm. King Jesus Claims His Church by Finney Kirkavilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Once Saved, Always Saved, question mark, by David Pawson. Um, the Early Christian Commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is just the early Christians' writings. Uh, there might be a few of Elliot Nesh's words, but it's just to link paragraphs of the early Christians. And today I was reading this one on non-resistance and they were very sure about um, not, it seems like not even defending themselves, but, but making sure that you try to love them and bless those people and diffuse what's going on by love. And and they, they tied together with the non-resistance, giving your things to people when they ask and uh, walking the extra mile and um, living for others, not for ourselves. And, um, yeah, so another part of our journey, whenever we first got here, this Bible called the Secret Kingdom, I don't recommend the New Century Version, but it's a New Century Version. I don't know if they have other versions, but I was walking by this st- stack of books that said free books, and on the very top was this this book, and I had just been learning all about the Kingdom of God, and then I, and they highlighted like everything that was political about Jesus's kingdom. They highlighted everything about anything about the kingdom of God. And there were so many highlights that I just went through and read all the highlighted parts. And, um, it was just one of those assurance moments that we were on the right track that it's, it's more, the good news is, um, not God and country, except when the nation of God is your country, the nation, not of this world. And that we live for a King and all his precepts above everything else. And that, um, 
you know, that it's not about salvation, but we, if we become image bearers and we live for Christ and we do everything he asks, we're, it's natural that we're going to be saved. Um, and it does say work out your salvation with trembling and fear, but the, the whole focus isn't, if your whole focus is on your own personal salvation, you're going to miss the point of, um, living for the king. But if your whole focus is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then your salvation is going to fall in line. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. Like um, it seems like there are two sides in a sense to um, the gospel. Like there's the way into the kingdom of God and then there's the way of the kingdom of God. And you can't separate the two. Like they're two sides of the same coin. Like I remember reading the Didache for the first time and um, it was just so, (laughs) it's so humbling. Like there are two ways, just like Jesus said, you know, (laughs) and uh, Epistle of Barnabas does the same stuff. And um, it was just, yeah, caused me to uh, reevaluate the way I, or what I believe Christianity was all about, you know? And um, it's interesting too, when you're, you're sharing so much of your um, your message, or sorry, your, your testimony from your time in China, and um, and talking about how it, how important it was for them and for you to be living out the teachings of Jesus. And I've heard it said from folks um, like Christians: if I was a missionary, then it would be important for me to to shoot to show non-resistance, you know. But that's not the way things are here in America. It's so weird. It it is that we require um, a certain level of behavior from missionaries, uh, you know, adherence to Jesus's teachings from missionaries that we don't for ourselves so often. But like you're saying also, we're missing that critical um, truth that we are missionaries. We are strangers and wanderers and foreigners. We are ambassadors. So, (laughs) you know, an ambassador is called to represent their their land to a different land and reflect the values of your homeland to a different land. And our homeland is not of this world. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. The, the kingdom that turned the world upside down, they have it in Chinese and I gave it to some people in China and they read the part about like God and country and politics and being separate from that. And I got multiple people writing me back saying, what is this chapter about? We don't understand at all because instantly if you become a Christian, you can't be a part of the communist party. Mm. It's an either or thing over there. And so they don't understand. Like, I don't remember what, remember what chapter it was. I should have looked it up, but I didn't plan on saying that. But um, I just remember them saying that it, for the Chinese version, this doesn't even need to be in here because we don't understand it. Like they don't, they know that if they're a Christian, they're not, (laughs) They're not a part of the world. They're not a part of the government. The government hates them and actually wants them, you know, arrested and stopped. And they have to be underground and hide. And um, so it's it's just funny that some of the one of the hardest chapters to read for probably for Americans in that book is about that, and they think it's useless and they don't know why it's in there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man, that makes me think of uh, I think it's Acts nineteen when Paul goes to Ephesus and. He's doing such a good job of discipling that basically the, the economy 
of Ephesus is in danger of crumbling because no one is buying, you know, the idols to Artemis. And uh, so you have that mob, you know, shouting for a couple of hours, great as Artemis of the Ephesians or whatever. They're so terrified of the kingdom of God and the power it has. And I think that's, that's right. Like any, that's one reason why you can't have a Christian nation ever because the economy would completely crash in one sense if it's dependent upon worldly things, you know? So people are really, they're really concerned about their money. <laughs> yeah, the kingdom is among, like it can't be seen, but yeah. it's among us, you know? It's like, yeah. um, we, we're here, we're part of the kingdom of God. We're part of his nation, his holy priesthood. and his, um, But we're, there is a king, uh, a nation that, but not an earthly nation, you know, it's not of this yeah. world and it will be on this world and in this world. Wow. Uh, and you know, when Jesus comes back, yeah. When Jesus comes back, but it's not of this, it's not of this world. And we're, but we're supposed to live as if we're living for it now. Yeah. So you got a great channel. Um, the sound faith YouTube channel. It's got a lot of great videos on there. Why did you start the sound faith, uh, channel? Yeah, we were a part of, well, I'm still a part of a group called the Intentional Influence Group. And we were trying to find out ways uh, to reach the world. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I need to, I meant to look this up. What's the place that, uh, where Paul spoke at about the um, unknown God? Yeah, Acts 17 in uh, Athens. Mars Hill. Mars Hill, that's it. Okay, so we were trying to figure out what the Mars Hill of today is mm. and where all the philosophers and all the people came to uh, learn new things and where we can reach people. And we decided that it's most likely the best place is the internet, YouTube, podcasts, um, websites. And two or three of the last people who came to our church have been including myself at this time, this is about six or seven months ago. We had all come from uh, the, watching videos on the internet and hearing sermons and then it leading to books and changing our mind about um, all the teachings, all the false teachings that we hear today. And our church, obviously David has scroll publishing YouTube channel that someone else had helped him get up there but it was so helpful that we were like, as an intentional influence group, we really wanted to influence the world. We wanted to reach the rest of the world. And so we mentioned the YouTube channel and I said, I, I've done some video editing in the past and I would really like to learn video editing. And so let's, let's do this thing. Let's try to reach the world. And we haven't gotten to the point where we've hit really hot topics and really got to the nitty and gritty of things because we want enough content on there about normal topics like uh, love and trust and just whatever you can, whatever things people, most Christians or people who call themselves Christians can swallow. Mm. Um, because if we got out, if we came out guns blazing and not in a non-resistant way. Yeah. And we can build walls that are unnecessary and make people think that we're some loony, you know, crazy group or radicals, but we, we do want to be, thought of as radicals, like really radically living for Christ and his kingdom and 
obeying him, even if it's uncomfortable or we don't quite understand it. Because a lot of times you don't understand the commands of God until you obey them. You start to obey them and then you, the light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, that's why you wanted us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to have this Sound Faith channel and we, we want it to grow as organically as we can, but we also want to hit topics that are neglected or that are abused or that people have taken one scripture and cancel out a whole nother group of scriptures because of using the Bible to cancel out the Bible. Yeah. And we want to, yeah. we want to um, go in opposition to that and say that it's both and, and that we're supposed to follow all the commands of Christ and all the apostles teachings. And um, we want to reach more people. We, we're in a really small city, Chambersburg and I don't know, 15,000 people. I'm not really sure how many people and going out on the streets um, often we run into druggies and we we spend a lot of time with a soup kitchen and uh, doing evangelism with people who are on the streets, but half the time they're on drugs and they don't even understand what we're saying. And mm-hmm. we're like, how can we get fruit from these? None of these people are seeking. They're seeking to feed the, fill their belly, which we want to do mm-hmm. as a Matthew 25 type ministry. We want to help and serve. But then none of them have been seeking the kingdom of God. And so we were looking for the Mars Hill. We're looking for the place where people are seeking the truth and, um, or might run across the truth because they're, they're questioning life and what it's all about. And, and we want to be an answer to that question. And we want to network with other people like you guys and other people on a journey who are looking for the truth, no matter where it takes them, as long as they find, they get to the truth and, um, they're willing to live for Christ and his truths, no matter what. And, um, and and everybody's on it. Lots of people are on a different journey, but we want to network and we want to find people and uh, live this kingdom life together, and you know, help people in the kingdom who are in need, and yeah, help evangelicals and Protestants and Catholics and Anabaptists who have gone way astray and uh, really do make it all about following some kind of rules of men, and uh, just kind of bring it all back to the straight and narrow and. Um, you know, get as many people on the straight and narrow and keep as many people on the straight and narrow as, as we can. And, uh, and obviously stay on it ourselves. And, um, that's just our desire and purpose is, uh, in this city, there's little opportunity and on YouTube, there's millions and millions uh, of opportunities to, to, to reach out to people and to find people who are really interested and hopefully, I mean, we don't expect everybody to move up here, but we want to find other churches who are going the same direction and plug people in everywhere. Like, yeah. um, where are you at Phil Houston? Basically just outside of it. If people in Texas reached out to our YouTube channel and they were saying, we want a church like this, we would say, well, you know, Phil Baker and I maybe BDKs with you. I don't know, but you know, you can go here and we, you can, we just want to find places where you can plug people in and people uh, know that no matter what the church is seeking the truth and whatever, um, and really use the early Christians to know, it'd be a guiding principle. Okay. If Polycarp Ignatius and all these people all sought the same for 300 years and they knew Greek and they lived in the culture, close to the culture and they had the chance to ask the apostles questions and this is how they all did it. And they, it seems unified. Then we should probably go that way. Um, if there's, if there's churches like that, we want to plug 
people in. And if people are willing to move to Chambersburg in this little city and join our church, we uh, welcome them. And that's really why we started the Sound Faith channel. And uh, we wanted to do the Matthew 28 part. And um, we have a, there's a lot of Matthew 25 ministries that we're a part of as a church. Um, but we didn't want to neglect uh, reaching out and evangelizing. So, Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, um, if you were going to recommend three of the videos from your channel to a new viewer, what would they be and why? Uh, the Salvation video by David Bersow. Yeah, what the early Christians believe about salvation. Because it's a video he did when he was not at the beginning of his journey. He's been on his journey for 35 years. But he was still in uh, evangelical and Protestant churches. And all, most of his friends at that time uh, were evangelicals and Protestants. And he's digging into the early Christian writings and he's like realizing, coming to all these conclusions about um, what the difference is in their, their beliefs and our beliefs and how they're most likely right. And so that's a good spot to, spot to start because um, he goes through that a little bit. It's one of his first CD messages he did 17 years ago. And then the second one would be baptism because it shows he has one on scroll publishing and on our website. And they're very different. One's more about what the early Christians believe about baptism. And that's the scroll publishing YouTube um, channel, which may be our YouTube channel here shortly. We don't know. And then, um, then go to the baptism one in our channel to see more of the practice part of it. Um, just if you, if you haven't been baptized and you really don't, you've been taught that it's just a symbol and that it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, you can, uh, watch that one. Then, then the one I did, and this might be odd, but it was a message on the kingdom of God. I don't remember what I'm, what I named titled it on YouTube. Yeah, that was my, I had studied a lot about it and I felt like I, it helps you understand the whole picture of the gospel, like the gospel from the whole New Testament, not just one verse, um, where a lot of people will go to one verse and say, that's the gospel. And it's, it's all of it. You like read the whole New Testament and that's the gospel basically. Um, but it really focuses in on the kingdom of God and the, how in Matthew 24 and other places, it says he's not going to come back until the gospel of the kingdom is preached. And um, I want to make sure the gospel of the kingdom is preached and not just the save me gospel kind of thing. And so those are the three. There's probably better one than the one of me, but I'm biased in the sense that I made that if for me and in the sense of if I was in China or anywhere what did, would I need to hear to help me? And so that's why I made that um, my past me. And so, um, so I made it thinking if I heard this five years ago, would it help me on my journey a lot faster? And so that's why I recommend that. Man, that's good. Now I really appreciate you taking your time to do this interview today. I think the main thing that grabbed me today um, the main thing, there were a lot of things, but the best thing for me was hearing how when you were planning these house churches that you were just reading the Bible, you know, for hours. Like that is so, 
so powerful because like if someone's planning a church, they would think they need to get all these, these things put together. They need to have a PowerPoint. They need to have music. They need to have you know documentation like a 501c3 or something like that. And it's like, no, let's just come together and read the scripture and giving the Holy Spirit room to do the work where it's so reversed in modern churches today, where it's, we may read one verse and then just give, the pastor just gives his own thoughts about whatever topic he's trying to force down their throat, you know? And uh, man, that's so encouraging. It's so encouraging and such a good call for us to come back to the scriptures and, and let God do his work through there. Cause those words aren't gonna return void, but a lot of mine will, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I, I was, I said it, I found a slogan that made it look like I wasn't copping out because I know people might think, well, you're supposed to be teaching us. Nobody thought that. I, I just assumed that they would think that. Mm. Um, we're just getting here and reading the Bible and then talking about how we're going to live it. And, um, but I would always say at the beginning, and this is just a, mechanism to make me not look as bad maybe but i said who here wants to hear from me or hear from god today and all of them would say god i'm like okay let's get the bible and that, that's how we'd start and that um it just took the pressure off of me of teaching wrong and because i was just deathly afraid of man that guy is definitely teaching wrong i don't want to teach wrong and i know the bible's not going to teach wrong and we can't go wrong with reading it so let's just read it and um and it opened my eyes so much I think I was changed just as much, if not more than all of them from it. Um, just reading the Bible out loud with people and then hearing everybody else say, Oh, we should do this and do that. And things that I, I had never been taught before coming out of the mouths of babes, new Christians, you know, new followers. And um, it was just life changing. Yeah, man. I think, I think in this weird COVID era that we're living in right now, as people are, a lot of people are leaving established churches and trying to do like Zoom meetings and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's a different era. I've, I've encountered several people that feel this call either to like start a church, start some kind of a fellowship, right? Or wanting to be a part of something different, but they don't know where to start. And that's, you know, that's such a, an encouraging word that just get together, open your Bibles and just read a whole book. And that's all, obviously what Justin Martyr talks about the early Christians doing, you know, gathering to the, together and they just read the memoirs of the apostles for as long as time permits, you know? <laughs> well, man, thank you again, brother. This was, this was fantastic. Do you have any, any word of, of encouragement for folks to, to leave them with? Uh, yeah, the, if you ever feel a doubt or not, you don't know what to do, um, I believe it's Matthew six thirty three. I should know, but yeah, you got it. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and don't worry about anything. Like all those, if you read all before Matthew six thirty three, and all the the worrying about clothing and about what you're going to eat and your job, and God will provide what you need. It might not be what you think you need, um, but if you just take all those worries and everything out of the way, and you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, uh, God's going to make it all work out and just keep that in the forefront. Keep pushing on for, for that. And it's going to look different and you're going to make mistakes and, and God's going to forgive those mistakes. If that's your, your priority is to seek him and his kingdom and his righteousness. And, and, um, 
if you if you're a listener and you're wanting to start a, a church, don't make it too hard. You know, don't overthink it, and um, you know, look for people really seeking. If you find, uh, and some of those people are going to look crazy, and some of them might be, um, but don't don't let those things get you down, and uh, just keep seeking His kingdom, and not and in Philippians where it says, "Don't worry about anything." Mm. It's easy to say, but literally, right in Philippians four eight, it says first, pray, "Don't." Instead of worrying about anything, pray about everything. Ask God for what you need and thank him for all he's done. and He'll give you a peace that surpasses understanding. And then he tells you what to fill your mind with. And this is the do that you need to do is um, uh, think of what is true and right and pure and noble and praiseworthy and honorable. And don't let your mind think of negative things. And just focus on God. Focus on his kingdom and in his word. Uh, let his word change you and... Follow him. And that's all. I, that's what I would have to say to your listeners. Here I am. You can see that I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But you, you remain so good. And you never change. You love me still in the perfect way. You stay. Faithful